Come on. Eric Friedrichsen is the CEO of Imburse. They are a spend management company helping organizations avoid employee burnout and retain talent. And now finally, a guest on Lifeblood Maximize. Welcome, Eric. Thanks, George. Looking forward to it. Yeah, super excited to have you on. Eric, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. You bet. You bet. So uh, I live in the Denver, Colorado area with my wife, Jessica, and our three uh, very rambunctious kids. So we're, we're a pretty busy family. Um, we're into all kinds of kids sports and uh, soccer, football, swimming, and then all kinds of outdoor things, skiing and biking. And uh, we spend quite a bit of time in the mountains. Although when we go, we have to find somebody to take care of our dog and our, our eight uh, pandemic adopted chickens. Uh, but, um, nice. we have a good time. We have a good time for sure. For sure. And in Inverse, uh, we are, as you mentioned, we're in spend management. So we're the number one choice in spend optimization software. We've got over 16,000 customers across the globe and we help them with things anywhere from business expenses to corporate credit cards, invoices, and payments. And we work with all kinds of different customers of different sizes, anywhere from very large ones like ExxonMobil and Bosch to some of the top law firms in the U.S., to, you know, high-tech companies all over the world, and, and even very small businesses with, with 25 employees. Excellent. So, so what was, what, what is the problem that, that y'all are, are, are solving? Yeah, so our overall, our mission at Embers is to humanize work. And to, to explain what we mean by that, it's all about trying to remove mundane tasks from our customers and employees so that they can give time back to things that really matter much, much more like the mission of their, their company and their communities and their families to really get to focus on what, what really matters. And, you know, I think we, we've all seen through the pandemic that uh, there already was quite a bit of burnout among finance teams within corporations, but really with, with all employees within corporations and the pandemic is sort of, just kind of taking that to that next step. And so, you know, what we're really focused on is removing all of the mundane tasks that, uh, that these finance departments are doing and the employees within the organizations are doing so that they can go focus on what really matters most. And so think about expense reporting, for example, I don't know about you, but I've never been a big fan of having to collect, collect receipts and tape them to a piece of paper, uh, or even, you know, necessarily taking pictures of receipts. We're just trying to make things as, as, absolutely automated as possible. So we leverage machine learning, we leverage artificial intelligence and data pre-population to, to just remove as much of that manual work as we possibly can. Yeah, nobody likes TPS reports, Eric. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Love that reference. Do you have a sense of of how much time these executives were spending on these mundane tasks pre burse? Yeah, you know, what's well, interesting. So I've been in this industry for a long time. And, you know, uh, uh, before I worked for Inverse, I worked for our biggest competitor, Concur Technologies, for about eight years, and then their parent SAP for a couple of years. And, you know, Concur way back when, uh, you know, 20 plus years ago, did a really good job of uh, just taking expenses off of uh, 
you know, off of paper and putting him into a system of some sort, which definitely took us took you know, the world a step further and reduced some of the time that, that or people spent working on expenses and invoices and things like that. Uh, but it never really evolved. And so what we've been able to do is uh, remove as much as possible of the work from from the employee. So a traveler, for example, can, you know, George, a good example would be if you and I went to lunch, um, we, you know, I use my verse card to pay for that lunch. And right after we swipe that card, I'll get a message on my phone saying, hey, Eric, it looks like you and George went to lunch to talk about finance burnout. Is that correct? And if I say yes, I'm done. I no longer have to, I don't have to capture that receipt. I don't have to uh, file an expense report. I don't, even, I don't even have to go through an approval process or even get reimbursed. It's just automatically all done for you. And so we really tried to do is just remove all the work possible from both the finance department and the end users. Nice. I'm sure that the folks are grateful. Yeah, it's it's gone a long way, and it's it's really important. I think we've all we've all been exposed to the the you know the the great resignation, if you might, and um, you know this is this has been basically dubbed the summer of quitting this summer. And so, you know, the more that I think all of our our customers and even inverse ourselves are focused on our employees and what matters to them most, um, you know, the more loyal they'll be. Yeah, I certainly appreciate all that. So. I saw on your website that you have the core values of sincerity, empathy, empowerment, individual, um, uh, individuals, and, and and teamwork. How do you think about? And, and, and we're we're essentially talking about humanizing work and allowing people to avoid mundane and minutia and focus on what they are, you know, really supposed to be doing and hopefully really really enjoy doing. But you don't have to. You 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 probably wouldn't have to talk about things like that you could probably just sell your product on its own why do y'all focus on those core values yeah i'm glad you asked that george i mean I, you know we have a culture within inverse and, and i sort of call it the unfinished business culture um so many of us come from larger you know and, and by the way we're not a small organization we're like i said sixteen thousand customers we've got 800 employees across the globe um, you know, we're, we're a pretty sizable organization, but, you know, many of us come from much larger organizations who we're, we're trying to essentially in one way, shape or form, humanize work, but never really were able to get all the way there. And so many of us have unfinished business that we're trying to go get done. And a lot of it, you know, we're a very mission driven organization from that perspective. And that all really comes down to I mean, who are we, you know, what are our core values? What are we actually all really about? And, um, so we, you know, we, we, we live and breathe those core values every single day. We think about our customers every single day and it makes a difference. And that's what we hear. You know, we get all kinds of different awards from analysts and, uh, others in the industry, um, that really originate right from those core values. It's all about deeply caring for each other and deeply caring for our customers and being hyper-focused on missionizing, on humanizing work. Nice. I appreciate that. It's 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 interesting to think about uh, a company with 16,000 clients and 800 employees as not a giant company, but certainly there are just massive, massive companies out there. And so the idea that a lot of the folks that work with Imburst now came from those massive, massive companies and they feel like they have unfinished work. 
obviously Ember started out as, as a company with fewer people. Was that sort of sewn, worked into the DNA from, from, from the start? Yeah, so we, you know, it's interesting because we did come together through a variety of acquisitions. And so um, a, a few smaller companies that sort of grew up, uh, you know, over time all came together as one. And so, um, you know, there were sort of micro cultures. But once we put and burst together and brought together a few of these acquisitions, um, we really, and so in some of the big acquisitions that, that some people, some of your listeners might have heard of, Chrome River, which is our enterprise-oriented solution certified, which is our mid-market solution, for example. Um, you know, we, we really got together as a group. We hired a consultant to come in and, and help us workshop and really understand deep down who are we. And it just crystallized for us very, very quickly, the commonalities that we had uh, throughout what had been smaller organizations um, that, you know, we're good people. Like we're good people. We care about our customers deeply and they tell us that. And, uh, and that's, that's sort of how it all came together. Nice. So as, as you're growing and adding just stuff, systems, processes, how, how ruthless or mindful are you? Maybe ruthless is the wrong term. Maybe it's the perfect term about making sure that you are keeping your organization humanized and not burdening your people with the same stuff that you're helping uh, other orgs to avoid? <laughs> That's a good question. You always have to look inward, don't you? Um, it's a really, it's a really good point. Uh, well, there's a number of different things that we do. So, uh, one of the, one of the things that we do is, uh, we have an inversion plug day and you know, during the height of COVID, we were taking a day off every month and it was, something we, we usually announced a week or two ahead of time and we just said, Hey guys, Thursday, that's it. We're just shutting the business, shutting the, shutting the company down for that day. And everybody, you know, should just take time off and work on mental health and spend time with their families and do whatever they, they can do to take care of themselves. So, um, that's a big component of what we've done. You know, we've done a lot of other things to, to work on building community, to try to empower our employees, to use their creativity, to, uh, to innovate for, uh, for our customers and just doing that, um, you know, makes people feel better, you know, it makes them feel better about what they're doing and, and it humanizes the experience for their employees. Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate that. I think that that's awesome. And you in, in your personal life obviously have a lot going on with eight chickens and dogs and kids and, and hobbies and all, all, all that good stuff. Do you think that, that, that you being CEO of this organization, having, and I don't want to speak for you, but having more balanced life, or at least trying to have that balanced life is a big driver behind that. You know, um, it's, it's a driver, but I think more importantly, as a leader, it is important for us to demonstrate balance. Um, so if we, if we talk about trying to create a culture within our organizations where we want our, people to have a balanced life, the first thing you need to do is to show it yourself. And so, you know, I go out of my way to talk about how I spend time on my bike and I spend time with my family and I spend time giving back to the community. Um, and I give examples, you know, I, I, I was on a, uh, a company meeting the other day that I didn't have to present for, and I was on my spin bike, uh, on the call. And I was trying to show people that you can, you know, you can do two things at once sometimes. You can have balance and it's okay. So I think that's really important. I think also, and this is a mistake I still make to, you know, sometimes, but I try to go out of my way 
uh, when I know people aren't working. Like if I happen to be working one evening or one weekend and I'm, I'm sending an email out, I'll try to schedule that email so it doesn't go out over the weekend. It goes out on Monday morning. Or if I need to, to send something on a Slack message or something, I'll put a note that says, you know, please don't respond to this until tomorrow. Um, because I might need to get it off my plate, but I want to send a message to everybody else that, you know, just because you're getting a message from, you know, an executive or CEO doesn't mean that you need to just drop what you're doing in your personal life and, and go tackle it right away. That, that to me seems like such a, a massive, massively important thing. And hopefully, hopefully your people are, are, are hearing that message and actually, you know, abiding by it and, and, and respecting themselves and, and their own free time. So they get a, an email from Eric at nine o'clock at night. You're just getting it off your plate, but you're saying, please do not act on this. Wait until tomorrow or whenever your time to act on this really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So just articulating that and then reinforcing it. How, how, I mean, it's, I think it's such an important thing. How, how do you work to make sure that that takes place? Yeah, well, so I just, again, I try to lead by example, but I also ask the other executives and the other leaders within our organization to do the same thing, to try to send that message. And, you know, does it, does it get across every time? No, um, it doesn't, but you know, we just keep working on it. It's just a, it's a work in progress. Let's just say. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm fascinated. You, you, we've talked about how important your strategic partnerships are and leveraging those. Um, I, I'm just I'm fascinated by an organization that's that's had as much success as you've had, and you're serving so many different people. How do you think about partner relationships? How do you how do you decide who is going to be a partner and and, and who isn't? Thanks for asking that. So our partnerships are extremely important to us. We typically partner with uh, banks and other software companies um, and travel management companies, for example. Um, I I think the first thing we look to is what's the joint value that we can drive to our customer. And if, if, you know, we're not going to just get into a partnership for a go-to-market type of relationship where we pass each other leads, for example. We've got to be able to innovate uh, we've got to be able to drive additional value to our customers. So I'll give you, a, you know, an example of that. Um, uh, our, our partnership with Amazon Business and Mastercard is such that, whenever a uh, one of our customers makes a purchase through Amazon Business, all the data associated with the receipt uh, for the purchase they made automatically populates, and Mastercard helps us with this, but automatically populates into uh, inverse into an expense report so that there's no receipt needed to be shared. There's no data entry needed to be done. It just automatically happens. So that's a great example. Another one, um, you know, SVB Silicon Valley bank, uh, their travel and expense solution is powered by inverse. And so all of those customers can uh, issue cards, plastic cards, virtual cards through that environment, manage their expenses. Ultimately over time, they'll also be able to manage their invoices um, all directly from their, you know, very important partner in their bank, uh, but it's all powered by inverse in the background. So most importantly, it's about the joint value we drive to our customer. Um, and then secondly, it needs to be about the joint value to both the partner and to inverse. You know, if, if it's just about the value to inverse, then the partner's never really going to be committed and vice versa. If it's just about the value to the partner and not to inverse, then we're not going to be committed. So 
those are those are really the key things that we look for. Well, that certainly makes sense. And I imagine uh, that going through that process, it's probably, well, I don't know if it's easy to identify partners, but then going through the vetting process on both ends and striking a brand deal with a huge organization like Silicon Valley Bank. And I think you mentioned Amazon. I just That must be a fascinating process. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I mean, to, to be frank, I mean, you, you can't partner with everybody either. Right. So, you know, you need to you need to, to try to pick the right partners. Um, and then, you know, if there's areas where there's some overlap in their business, then we just try to do the best job we can to um, know where we're going to partner with them. Is it a certain segment or a certain geography? Um, but we also like to provide options for our customers and support them, uh, you know, in the way they like to do their work. And so, Banks is a great example. You know, as we go into the mid-market enterprise space with those those customers, they typically come in with a banking relationship. So rather than us providing them an Imburst card for their expenses, uh, you know, powered by Imburst's credit line, it's powered by the customer, by the customer's bank's credit line and not not ours. And so, um, you know, it's important to provide that flexibility. I love it. Well, Eric, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think the, the most important thing that I would say is that uh, within finance organizations, people, you know, always need to be focused on learning, continuing, continuing to learn at all points. And so one of the great things that we're doing actually today at Imburse is we've got uh, in our Imburse Educate Day. So once per quarter, we have a required day that all of our employees take to just learn. And in some cases, they're going to an online class or to a physical class. In other cases, they might just be reading a book on a topic that they're trying to catch up on, but it's all showing, you know, to our employees, their commitment to their development, their learning, and I highly encourage, um, you know, the leaders that are listening to, to this podcast today to be thinking about that as well. Well, I think that that is... That's exactly my next step when we get done today. I love it. I think that is great stuff that definitely gets... Come on. Come on. Excellent. Well, Eric, I I, I feel like I'd be, re- be remiss. You've got eight... Eight uh, pandemic chickens. What are the big takeaways from uh, a year or so with uh, chickens? <laughs> well, you know, I've learned that, like, you know, sometimes they lay eggs and sometimes they don't. Oh. But I haven't exactly figured out the pattern yet. So, um, you know, that we're trying to figure out. Uh, but um, I, I will say that my eight-year-old son, Jake, um, has really had a great time taking care of the chickens and also selling the eggs. So he goes around the neighborhood and he sells the eggs for 25 cents each. Uh, and that, that, you know, helps, helps him learn a little bit about business too, which is kind of fun. So amazing. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you and Imburse? and let us know if there's a company that is too small or too big. Yeah, for sure. So there is not a company that is too small or too big. Like I mentioned, we work with, you know, small companies, even under 25 employees, all the way up to, uh, you know, tens of thousands of employees. Um, you know, we just get, get our customers to work with the right solutions within the Inverse platform. Uh, you can find us at Inverse.com, which is E-M-B-U-R-S-E.com. Uh, you can also find us on, you know, all of the usual social channels uh, at Inverse. Love it. If you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Eric your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to Emburse.com, E-M-B-U-R-S-E.com, and uh, list those and or that and all the places you can find them on social media and the notes of the show. Thanks again, Eric.
Thanks, George. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.